It's 2.30 p.m. in San Francisco and it's 10.30 p.m. in the United Kingdom. And that means that we have the absolute pleasure of talking to Henry of HMLTD. Henry, mate, how are you? Hello. Not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. It's a kind of strange day here in San Francisco. We have a lot of fires yeah, going I, on I, in the state, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw on the news, it's crazy. Crazy. Yesterday was incredibly crazy. The, the 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 sky was bright orange. Incredible. Today it's a little bit better. Yeah, I saw the photos. Yeah. Uh huh. And the sun is still red, and there's like ashes kind of falling from the sky, which is super super weird and strange. But it's okay because in the end we're gonna be just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I, I think I think the apocalypse is coming. Maybe it's looking like it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It will get there eventually. It's coming slowly, but it's on its way. Slowly and painfully, for good sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where are you at this very specific moment? Are you in London? I'm. I'm in London uh, at my girlfriend's house, uh, taking a little break from a Curb Your Enthusiasm binge watch. There you go. Is what I'm currently doing. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah it's not bad excellent well it's an honor man to talk to you to be honest uh we've been following your oh, your music for years and uh i've been listening to, to to your music obviously for the past whole week and in repeat so i think i've i must have listened your your songs maybe like 50 times or in the past seven days oh thank you yeah congratulations of west of, on west of eden it's a great a great great piece of rock and roll uh it's your very first album uh let's talk about it i know there was like a huge uh process uh you know that uh made you guys take it you know to be take it that it made the album to take so long to be released let's talk about it sure yeah let's talk about it 15 tracks awesome tracks every single one of them uh how when did this process start for this specific album i mean it's really hard to pinpoint an exact moment because we started i mean like the oldest song on the album um is three years old but when we wrote that song we didn't know what we were writing it for we were just you know writing music and, and an album was a very distant prospect it wasn't even on the horizon and then you know gradually as things developed we knew that we were going to write an album But, um, but at that point, it wasn't clear what the album was going to be, what it was going to look like. And so there was this kind of long process of looking back at what we'd already done, what we'd already released, trying to figure out what it was that we were saying and what it was that we were trying to articulate and trying to kind of draw a constellation out of all those different stars. Um, and then when we realized what that was, that's when West of Eden started taking shape, which I think was sometime probably around... 2018, I guess. Um, and so then from there, there was a two-year process of of writing new songs, new material, um, and then also revisiting the old songs and trying to see where they fit within this grand narrative which we're trying to weave, um, which was the story of West of Eden. Perfect. Well, again, it's it's a great, great piece of rock and roll. Uh, like I said, uh, 15 tracks. You guys released a bunch of uh, singles before before the release of this of this album, uh, and a bunch of music videos as well. Uh, for example, um, let's see, 
the video for the West is Dead. It's a great, great uh, music video. Uh, talk to us yeah. about it. Were you a part of the creative process? What's behind the the, the visual concept of this uh, very interesting music video? Thank you. That's, that's a good question. Um, so the idea behind the video for the West is Dead is it's drawing on Marx's theory uh -huh. that basically they'd become less and less and less capitalist because they'd all just outcompete each other until there was like one capitalist remaining and he just had a total monopoly on everything. Um, so it's kind of building on that idea and it envisions a future United Kingdom where capitalism has reached such a zenith that there is just four or five capitalists left and they are the kings of a empty kingdom because everybody else has obviously died or been starved to death through over-exploitation because, you know, they own all the capital, but now there's nobody to actually consume the capital because there's nobody who has any capital themselves in order to consume it. Um, and so these last four capitalists are trying to prop up a failing state using religion, um, which is why you see me on the treadmills carrying Um, carrying the cross um, as men in suits watch by um, and yeah, and kind of control this whole weird dystopic place um, and we try to draw on a lot of paganistic imagery um, so we've looked at things like The Wicker Man and Midsummer, totally. those kinds of films to try, try and create this eerie atmosphere which was a mixture of like hyper-capitalism Um, and Old Testament religion and kind of English paganism. Yeah. Um, and then set it all in this sort of post-industrial English countryside landscape. Totally. I, it's, it's very interesting to me that you mention all these concepts because, I, I, you know, I always said that uh, what's happening to society at this moment, you know, with all the injustices and, uh, you know, the fascism taking over, in Britain and, and here in, in America, it's it's partly because of radical capitalism. Do you think uh, our, yeah. our, our human society is going towards these apocalyptic uh, situations that you guys depict on the West is dead? Is the West really dead at this moment? Yeah, I mean, what it, it's interesting you meant, mentioned the rise of fascism. I, I don't really see, um, you know, referring to the populist movements of, Of Brexit or Trump or um, obviously the rise of the far right in Europe, which is really concerning. I don't think that these things are the events themselves. I think that all these things are a kind of stuttered response to the main event, which is something that occurred in the 20th century, which is basically the, the total collapse of religion as being the backbone of society. I think if you look at late 19th century societies, why they held together so well was partly that partly because of religion and also because of the relationship between um, between the ruling classes and, and the rest of the people. You had this concept of the noblesse oblige, um, where, you know, people at the top of society were expected to be seen as, um, you know, providing something to everybody else. Of course. And now there's just no, there's just nothing anymore which kind of keeps society together. I think with the collapse of religion nothing's really come in to take its place because all you have is this empty kind of post-Thatcher Reagan individualism um, which I think just has created a really atomized 
um, alienated society. And so I think that in response to that, people really feel the need to be part of something. Um, people feel sort of disenfranchised and alienated that they're turning to really extreme um, alternatives just to try and be part of some wider movement. And I think that's what Brexit, Trump, the rise of the far right in Europe will constitute. They're a kind of response to trying to find some community and solidarity in the face of this total collapse of those things, um, which has obviously been heightened after for the Soviet Union and the kind of, of course. Um, falling out of fashion of socialism. Yeah, well, how do you see uh, the world developing uh, in the next few years? Because, I mean, we have, a, we have an election coming in November, and it is frightening yeah. for us to, to even think that it is, it is actually possible that Trump will be re-elected. And, you know, if that happens, it will be a very strong blow against uh, liberalism, uh, you know, real liber liberalism and uh, society yeah. in general. How, how do you see uh, the world maybe in the, ne in the next couple of years? What do you think is going to happen? It's a very, very tough question, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll look into my crystal ball. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think, it, I think it's, um, I mean, I'm really torn up thinking about the US election. I was a massive, massive um, Bernie supporter. Um, yeah. I was a huge, huge Bernie supporter. Bernie Sanders supporter, and so I was obviously super, super disappointed when Biden won the nomination. Um, I'm sure some listeners will agree with me on that. I'm sure some will disagree. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, like, I think there's some, there's, my worry um, is that there needs to be, in America, a long-term solution. Of course. Um, yeah. Because it's, I mean, looking at it, from a European perspective, like the fact that you guys don't have a healthcare system, nope. just, you know, a functioning public health system is insane. And I think that, um, I think the American population has just been totally betrayed by its elites. And the issue is that the Democrat Party aren't doing anything to change that. That's They're true. endorsing this empty, vapid neoliberalism, which is doing nothing to That's help true. ordinary American people. And, It's, and in that sense, it's doing the exact same as the Republican Party. So you have two parties, and neither of them are offering the American working class or the average American any kind of um, real, viable political option. And part of me wonders if maybe in the long term, and I know this is a very um, difficult thing to say because I understand how much um, suffering is caused for people, especially minorities, under Trump. But I think that in order for the Democratic Party to reform in the long term and actually offer a genuine socialist candidate like um, like Sanders or like, you know, potentially like AOC. Yeah. I think that the Democratic Party needs to learn that it can't just keep putting up these neoliberal puppets. Um, and so I think that it needs almost to lose this election so that in the long term it will actually be able to offer a viable socialist alternative. Um, or at least, you know, coming from a left-wing perspective that's how i see it absolutely definitely i agree with you on every single one of, of the concepts that uh, that you mentioned yeah totally biden is just a, a short-term solution as easy and as simple as that yeah and it's not like it's not going to yeah. change the, the actual problems of uh, of society you know the democratic exactly. party is exactly like the republican party like you said uh you know they're just yeah. after power after money and uh, and all that but yeah i agree we have to make a, a really deep I mean, change yeah I mean, I think, you know, the, 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 old, the, the choice that is being offered to America 
at the moment. And this is why I think it's so hilarious to even call it democratic is the fact is, you know, you're, you're being offered between two options. You're being offered um, neoliberalism or woke neoliberalism. And, you know, out of those two, woke neoliberalism is certainly preferable, but it doesn't really solve the main issue at hand, I think, here, which is neoliberalism Um, and, you know, the massive hoarding of wealth that has been enabled by neoliberalism, by the elite. Totally. What about the movement of of Jeremy Corbyn back in the UK? Yeah, I mean, again, I was a huge Corbyn supporter. Um, uh, it It was a... It was really disappointing, obviously, um, that we that he lost the election last year. Um, so we have, you know, another four or five years now of um, of conservative rule. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I think it's that that was, that was really sad. I think for for a lot of people over here, and I think it shows that the UK is moving in the same direction as the US yep. um, in terms of really just turning its back on social democracy completely. Um, and I think that a lot of it is probably down to media portrayal, certainly with Corbyn in the UK. True. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what it was like over in the US in terms of how Sanders was represented in the press, but I know that over here, um, Corbyn was really um, just totally attacked by the mainstream media. Yep. Um, they fabricated this whole myth of Corbyn being anti-Semitic. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, but, you know, you have to sell to run. Um, and you have to, you know, I think this is where art comes in, is that it's a really good tool for kind of making social critiques and exactly. and, um, and drawing attention to, to these things and trying to show them. Totally. And it's a matter of uh, society, you know, like uh, here with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's uh it's very strong mm. at the very at this very moment you know led by the youth by the young Americans and uh, you know that's going to be part of a long 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 struggle you know that it's going to be able to change things uh, definitely uh let's let's talk about about music about the HMLT LTD uh during lockdown uh do you work on a lot of new music uh, uh you know can we expect something new from you guys or what's the plan Yeah, um, I mean, it was really hard to work on music at the beginning because we're all, totally. uh, none of us lived together. So um, so for that period, it was really hard. And we're trying to send stuff back and forth online, but it wasn't really working. And then as the lockdown started easing, we've been able to meet up. Um, and so we've got a few new songs on the way. Um, we're Excellent. hoping to release some new music in October. Excellent. Um, two new singles. So, yeah, it's exciting. I think it's a... I think people are going to be surprised with the direction. Awesome. That's great uh, news. I mean, the, this album is pretty new, for God's sakes. I mean, it was released, what, like uh, in February, <laughs> what, seven months ago. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it was, it was important for us, I think, that we didn't spend um, too long turning around new music again. We didn't want to, you know, people had to wait such a long time for West of Eden. Yeah. Because of all the hiccups that went into the production of it. and Totally. Um, and all the label trouble that we had, but we wanted to make sure that we didn't repeat that thing of making people wait a really, really long time. So it was really important to us that, you know, we had new music out again by the end of this year. 
Totally. That makes us really happy, to be honest, man, that you were, you guys were able to, to release uh, The West of Eden and that you guys are working on, on brand new music. And the last question, because my show is going to be over pretty soon, what's the plan for the rest of the night? What are you doing tonight? The rest of the night? Yeah. Wow. You know what? This is, this is going to sound so un-rock and roll. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to a club. I'm not taking drugs. <laughs> I'm not meeting any, you know, I'm not meeting, you know, I, I, I'm literally in bed. I've just cooked a delicious Korean bulgogi nice. um, with me and my girlfriend, and we're going to have a bottle of wine awesome. and watch the new Charlie Kaufman film. Oh, that's excellent. That sounds super, super fun. <laughs> so, yeah, really, really, really boring. I, I promise listeners that, you know, I, I'm usually often a, a bordello or something. <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 a, a special circumstances right now with COVID and the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, and it is special circumstances. Exactly. That's my excuse. Yeah, I use that excuse. There you go. Totally. That. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's play uh, the West. The West is dead to celebrate this interview. And uh, when this is when this is all over, and you guys come back to San Francisco to America, uh, come to the station. Let's hang out. It'll be it'll be fun. That'll be sick. Yeah. Let's do that. Awesome, Henry. Sounds great. Thank you so much, dude. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your night uh, back in London. And again, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's hang out when, whenever it's possible. Thanks, dude. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we'll message about it. All right, absolute pleasure speaking to you. Likewise, appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Bye. Adios. Adios. Ciao. Ciao. Excellent. Uh, that was Henry from uh, HMLTD. We thought we were going to be talking to Doc. Uh, you know, we were excited about it, and then Henry pops up. Uh, to take the call and very interesting interesting concepts to be honest uh, you know everything that we talked about uh, brexit and trump and and all that uh, i definitely share his philosophy his his vision of, uh, of of what's happening to society and it's something that has to be discussed it has it's something that uh, you know that has to be uh, analyzed profoundly if you really want to find a final solution for all this that is happening in the world at this very moment HMLTV, the West is dead. In Rocknet.kxs. Three years ago I said, the West is dying right underneath my nose. And I'll be so glad when it finally goes. I hate to say I told you so. The West is dead. A sick pot of dolphins left the tide. The West is dead, flipper. Two drowned dogs float belly side up. Two girls spin around the movies strip club The West is dead girls Football fans with hits in their hands The West is dead And the insects that you fish from your swim pool each morning Everybody that likes us I am the West And the West is dead
lips will be so compassionate. Tenderness is filled with end. The West is dead. West is dead. The West is dead. The West is dead. The West is Dead HML TV Out of their 2020 West of Eden album In Rockneto PXSF 2.51pm <laughs> 